I'm on vacation in Vancouver, and the so the sound is different. And by different, I mean less good. This is the sound of a martini. Oh, so good. I make them wet, which means a lot of vermouth. You gotta try one. Forget your father's dry martini. Try this dad's wet martini. God, that sounds gross. I'm staying in a high school friend's house. Out here, my kids are at their grandparents. I've known this uh, delightful woman since grade 10. I love staying in other people's houses to see how they do the things and the systems and the things they keep. You open up a drawer in the kitchen off to the side and it's filled with stuff. It looks a lot like a drawer at my house. It's comforting. We spend so much time thinking that we're the only ones. And then when we open our eyes and we realize that everybody's just, uh, you know, just treading water, uh, it's a relief. Welcome to the podcast, the Bold Acting Podcast episode, I don't know, it's July 5th, 2023, no, July 6th, everything is hard. So do what you love. I heard the everything is hard or the do what you love thing disparaged recently. Don't do what you love. Do what can make you money. And I thought, um, this is wrong. It's still love. It's still the love you've got to do. You've got to do the thing you love. You've got to do the thing you're compelled at. Love isn't like. You don't do the thing you like to do all the time. That's impossible. That's a moving target like happiness. Happiness can't be the goal. Happiness is a feeling. Feelings are insane. Feelings might be the reason we're here, but they're still nuts. You don't want to do happiness and you don't want to do the thing you like to do. You got to do the thing that you would do for free. You got to do the thing that will sustain you forever. The love doesn't have to be that thing that inspiration informed you. Inspiration feels good, you know? It's uh, it's fleeting though. It's a lot like happiness. It's a, it's another feeling. Inspiration you should be wary of because inspiration is a spike. It's a blip on a graph. It doesn't it won't sustain you. You know how when you're inspired like maybe you smoke some weed or uh you're in love. And you write a whole bunch of stuff down in your courage journal, and then you look at it some sometime later and you go, What was I thinking? That's inspiration. The what was I thinking? That's the other side of the coin of inspiration. It's excitement and it's unsustainable, and the edge between the two is tiny and narrow, and on the other side, it's what was I thinking? Acting isn't always fun. Never is an audition fun. You know, recently I was in a casting session and I can't tell you how many actors finished it off by saying that was fun. And it reminded me of Emma Stone in La La Land who gets cut off in halfway through an audition and she picks up her stuff from the floor. She bends over and she grabs her sides and her keys and her phone and she looks at the casting directors and she goes, that was fun. And it wasn't fun. It's not fun. And I always teach, have a sous of uh, contempt. 
mild contempt for the process because everybody is feeling the exact, the exact same thing you are when we're making the sausage. The feeling is, hey, we're making sausage here. So if somebody comes up to me and go, the new guy comes up and goes, isn't this sausage making fun? You immediately go, you're a rube, you have no idea. So instead of giving away power and losing respect in the room, and this can apply to any room where you have low status, instead, rise above it or right beside it. Just a little, just a bit of like, what are we all doing here? You know, what, we're selling shredded cheese? Okay, I'm in it for the money. You know, it's that kind of tired energy that people like. Be the rascal. Be the, um, don't be the subordinate. Be the insubordinate. Be, uh, the, be cheeky. I'm compelled to act. That's what I mean by love, you know? But at the same time, I want to be the foil. You know, I want to explore the opposite. The opposite is, the power of the opposite is highly underrated. So I always look for the opposite of what my first inclination is. The first idea of how a scene should go, what a character's like, your path to success and glory, whatever, is often a reflection of the way we've been taught to fit in. And fitting into society is important, especially in high school. It's death in the creative world. You need to stand out. If you want to fit in as an artist, you're just going to be making the same old shit that everybody else is making. Look, if your art is performance, you have to. Delicious. You have to be the thing that you have. Now, everybody's been given something. You got to find that thing. In the last episode, there was a, there was a, a caller that talked about her accent. She was from Venezuela. Andrea. She's now taking class with me. She uh, was told previously that she had to get rid of her accent. How, how on earth are you supposed to get rid of something that is so endemic, endemically yours, so, Im, so Im, imperially yours? It has to be a strength. If you can't get rid of it, it has to be a strength. So you've got to become the person, you've got to get out of your own way. And what if that's the opposite of what everybody is telling you to do? I would argue that if everyone's telling you to do one thing, it behooves you to do the, the opposite. That is the path. So be the foil. Mine the contrary. The Tour de France is on. I watch it every day. Just the highlights. I don't subscribe anymore. I don't, I don't uh, watch. Cycling's boring. You know, there's there's just a lot of riding, eating, and chatting. There's three hours of it every every race, pretty much. The beginning is exciting, and then there's a couple contests in the middle um, where they sprint for points or climb a mountain, and then the end is exciting, obviously, and everybody goes crazy. But in the middle, it's a lot of elite athletes uh, carb loading. Which I don't, I don't like to watch. It's boring. And also, I don't like to see really thin people eating so many carbs and, st- and still remaining thin. You know, I resent them. I resent their, their work ethic and their success. So fuck them. So I just watched the highlights. Am I working as hard as they are? And why not? Are you? 
Hard work is in you. It's free to do. Free for money. I mean, there's a cost to it, obviously. It takes your time and your energy. You don't need anyone's permission to work really hard. So what are you waiting for? It'll get harder to do as you age. So do it now. Take my word for it on this one. Unfettered by kids, I used to be able to work all the time. Now I spend more and more of my time yelling at people that I helped bring into the world. But but when you're working very hard, make sure it's aimed, it's focused at the thing you are compelled to do. And don't forget to work hard at doing nothing. Because we're not going for a buckshot approach here. Be wary of people that say, oh, I'm so busy. Busy work doesn't amount to much. Busy isn't hard. Busy work isn't hard work. Spend time focusing on what the next surprising thing you can do is. And then go out on a limb and do it. So work really hard at mining the contrary. Figure out what's the opposite thing that everyone else is telling you to do and do that more than everybody else. The opposite thing that everyone is telling you can do is quite often you getting out of your own way. I, I, hope, this, I hope this is clear. I, I don't want this to sound like you know a lexicon of confusion because I've had teachers in my past that have sp- spoken with strange words. Strange terms of phrase, you know, like purple on the right hand, grandma on the left, and the moment before, and uh, and your um, your inner monologue, and your five minutes before, and your super text, and your ever, all this stuff that gets you into your head. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, not being embarrassed to be to be the person that you are right now. That's really what I'm talking about. Don't waste a minute on shyness. Be the thing. And it's going to rub some people the wrong way. And other people are going to go, holy fuck, I've been waiting for you for my whole life. And really, if we are looking at why we are such people pleasers, is because we're afraid of rejection. If we're afraid of rejection, we shouldn't be actors. So we can kick that down the road right now. We're not afraid of rejection anymore. We're going to be the person that we are right now with keeping in mind, uh, keeping an eye on self-improvement, of course. A friend of mine uh, argues with me over that term self-improvement, and I know it's not good because the self you are right now is the self that God gave you, is the self that that has accomplished a lot, that is, has, is still surviving, so what's wrong with that? Fair enough, but there are still things that things that I say that at the end of the day I regret, and I want to work on those. I want to not repeat behavioral patterns that no longer serve me. I want to audition new ones. Spend time doing nothing. Concentrate on your next shot of weirdness, like a sniper. If you're really doing nothing, it can look like staring out the window. That's good. It never looks like staring at your phone. I'm sorry, that's bad. You have to put the phone away. People that stare at that thing or say that Facebook is good for networking are lazy people and you don't want to hang around with them unless you want to be lazy. They're going nowhere. The phone isn't here to help. It's here to take advantage of you. All the evidence is there. Zuckerberg has admitted it. Steve Jobs admitted it and then died. They're only in it for the money and the power. 
We are artists. We are in it for the truth. It's a much more fulfilling way to live. You have to pick up a book and stare out at the sky once in a while. Schedule it in. I'm not saying you got to pick up a book and read a, a bunch of it and feel that sense of accomplishment. That could be more busy work. That could be more, I got to be productive. No, you got to hold a book, a bunch of bound paper. You got to read a bit and then you got to look out a window and you got to think about what you just read. We got to slow everything down, schedule it in. The thing that happens is akin to meditation without it being annoying and cloying and popular like meditation, which is just becoming just as revolting as veganism. Do you see what I'm doing? Do you see what I just said? I mean, it's not great. It's not a great example, but I'm minding the opposite. I'm trying to be controversial. I'm seeing what comes up by going the opposite direction. In my last podcast, I trashed Shakespeare and then I block quoted from him. This kind of playful hypocrisy is what I want to engender in you. A way to be the rascal. The person that isn't precious and doesn't take themselves too seriously, most importantly. Actors are very earnest. We call the study of acting the craft. You know, like it's definitive. The craft. It's the only one. No one else does that. We call the most popular system of acting the method. Like there's only one. This does not serve. There are many methods. We are definitive. We love gurus. We join cults like Scientology. We study with the same teacher for far too long. We're scared of casting directors who are nothing more than barbers renting chairs in a salon. We want the thing we see so badly we put the lucky few up on pedestals that they can't help but fall off. Oh, I spilt it all over my shorts that time. But we're not in it for these reasons. We're artists. And when we make art, we hold hands with God. We communicate on levels unbeknownst to English, but we share, but it is shared by all humankind instantly the world over. That is what art does, because it speaks subconsciously, or wherever, whatever the word is, heart to heart. It, 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 it's that thing that we do even when we're auditioning for wieners. <laughs> we connect. It happens in the connection. It happens in the connection. And, you know, as much as I love self-tapes because you get to make a short film every time, I, I don't get to connect with another human being very much, even though, even though my, my reader, my partner, in, my partner in crime, that sounds like we're a couple. We're not. We just help each other with auditions. T in uh, Hamilton, uh, even though we try our best to Meisner that shit all the time, it's hard when you're when you're FaceTiming with a reader and the eye lines aren't quite right and you're and you're trying to sell milk or some horseshit. But we're not in it for those reasons and it is the art that we bring to those things that makes us special and you know I don't use that word lightly. I don't think people are special. But I think what we do can be closer to alchemy or a sum greater than the parts where we do something, where we actually look at somebody and actually listen to somebody and actually make something happen in the middle ground, in the air between us. 
And that's that sparkle. And that's the thing when you're watching a film or a show or a play and you go, what just happened? That's what I'm talking about. That what just happened. And as a shortcut, we call it magical. You know, we, we look at Meryl and we go, how did you do that? Or, um, or um, Glenn Close, how did you do that? Laura Dern, why are you so good? I can't figure it out. Francis McDormand, how, do you, how come you're right there all the time? Um, Melanie Lansky, you're like a, you're like a vibrating uh, lightning rod. You know, you're like an exposed wire. You're like a vein stripped of, its, stripped of its skin. How did you do that? That's what they're doing. They're in the present moment and they're connecting with someone and they're showing them all of their sadness, all of their woes, all of their pain. It's not about being cool. We try, 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 and then we die. That's it. The pressure's off. I wish I had truly known this many years ago. I know it sounds woo, but it's real. When we make art for ourselves, we speak to other hearts. We serve our audience. Forget the likes. Forget the views. Try the opposite. Just try it. You can always go back to the way you were doing things before. If it was working for you so magnificently. But if it wasn't, then it behooves you to second time I've used that word to try something different and don't be precious about it. We try. We just try. That's all art is. We just try, 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 and then we die. All right. Let's get to some questions. Uh, this week, email questions from that I've uh, culled from my website, boldacting.com. If you want um, me to uh, answer a question, uh, send me a voicemail at to jasonbryden at gmail.com or go to boldacting.com for more information and you can send an email uh, from there. Or you can reach me on Instagram at jasonbryden of Canada. From Tanya in Toronto. Hi, I'm an actor not taking your class but currently enrolled in another school. My parents are less than supportive about my dream. What can I say to get them on my side? Thanks, Jason. Love the show. Thank you for the kind words, Tanya from Toronto. Parents. My parents were very supportive as long as I was doing something that was in line with what they wanted me to do. They've always been supportive with money. But along with that comes a lot of advice on what I should do uh, relative to their experience. And at first I bristled at this. That's a lie. I still bristle. But I think each subsequent generation, especially if you have, um, if you come from fear-based people, uh, which is the norm, you're gonna, you're you're never gonna gain acceptance. And I think the shortest distance between the you now and the you uh, who is happy with your parents, with the choices you've made, and at peace with. Uh, the chasm between the two is the person that resigns themselves to the fact that prior generations just might not understand. There are people in the world, and I think it's most of us, that operate uh, from a fearful place. Fear really um, handicaps judgment. It makes us do incredibly thoughtless things all the time. It makes us uh, put weight on decisions that don't require that much space. Uh, 
In order to make stuff, we always have to take a leap. I mean, whether it's making a relationship, even the most cautious people do this and they have to admit it. To buy a house, to build a house, to sign your name on a lease. No matter how small the decision is, we have to take that leap of faith sometime. So your parents, Tanya, know this feeling. You're just doing it on in an arena that doesn't make sense to them. If they were highly advanced people, they would they would do some research first. And I'm not saying I'm that person either. I'm not saying they should do that. If you don't have those people that are going to follow their children and um and really educate themselves about why their kids want to become a performer or whatever the vocation is that rubs them the wrong way, then you're going to have to resign yourself to the fact that you can't change them. They they can change. I'm not saying they will, but people can change. But you can't change people. So go for the path of least resistance. Keep a day job, not just for your parents, but it's really smart these days to not have to worry about uh, your rent and other bills. Talk to your parents about that. Don't share your dreams. Also, maybe don't call it a dream. Um, Dreams are things that happen when we're asleep. We have very little control over them. Some people say they can control and they go around flying and fucking. I would love that. Hasn't happened to me yet. I'm getting off topic. So don't call it a dream. Call it a thing. Call it your art. Call it your hobby. Call it whatever whatever leads to the least amount of resistance. If you don't have to, to expend a bunch of energy explaining and defending yourselves to the people you go and visit every Sunday for dinner, uh, all the better. Highlight the things that they can relate to. And don't be surprised or disappointed when they don't come to every single show of yours. You know, I think my parents came to three or four shows of mine when I used to perform comedy uh, eight times a week for years and year for a decade, for 15 years. Uh, it just wasn't for them. Fair enough. We do have limits, you know. In spite of our blood relations, we do have limits. And people have to live their own lives. And I think it's okay. If we lower our expectations, I think we'll, you will, um, you'll, be, you'll do much better. From Gary in Burquitlam, BC. Hi, Jason. I'm doing adult these days, but I want to go legit. I'm doing adult. <gasps> I'm doing adult. Adult entertainment. He's doing porn. Can I put my credits on my resume? <laughs> oh, yes, Gary. No, no. No, I meant, oh, yes, like this is a great question, but no. No, you can't put porn credits on your resume. Damn it, Gary, I wish you left your last name or your porn handle. Uh, Let me read this again. Burquitlam. Wow. Halfway between Burnaby and Coquitlam. I'm doing adult these days, but I want to go legit. Can I put my credits on my resume? No. Look, Gary, um, take it from a commercial actor. Much like commercials, you can't put porn on your resume 
people don't want to know that I am um, a corporate whore and would be again in a minute if they wanted me to. Even though people watch you and are huge fans of you, even though it's what, a uh, $30 billion industry that no one talks about, we can't we can't brag about uh, our addition to the oeuvre of porn gear. We've got to start getting legit credits on our resume. The way you do that is you take your experience in adult and you start making stuff with your clothes on. I mean this seriously, okay? I'm not trying to be funny. You have experience, okay? You can't you can't brag about it, but you can use it. You know people with cameras and microphones and wet wipes. Um, so skip the wet wipe person. Get to the technicians and the experts that are working with you that, that, that know how to do stuff, that know lighting, that know sound, and make stuff. Make short films. Make yourself a demo reel. You've got tons of resources and connections. So get after it, Gary and Berquitlam. God damn it, you're halfway there. a boy. From Stacy Ray in L.A. Hey, that rhymes. Hi, Jason. Thanks for the podcast. I really find the honest approach uh, uh, helpful. I'm a Canadian in L.A. and I've been here for 11 years. It hasn't happened for me the way I wanted it to. Join the club, Stacy. I've been in a couple pilots that didn't go. Amen, sister. I was in an Apatow movie that no one really saw. I bet that was Get Him to the Greek. I'm 36 and a woman in L.A. and I don't know if I can take it much more. Wow, that got dark. But is Canada any better? No. I feel like Canadian actors never get cast in U.S. shows anyway. True. So how would moving back home be an improvement? I don't know. Would love your advice. Thanks. Okay. Wow. Jesus, that's a good one, Stacey Ray. Um, look. Things change quickly, you know? I mean, up until about five minutes ago, I would have described L.A. as 20 different glorious cities all stuck together. In between an arid desert landscape and a coastal um, ecology. And uh, with a rampant uh, mental health crisis, uh, drugs, guns, gangs, traffic, smog... Schools behind chain-link fences, security guards, no infrastructure, crumbling, uh, not enough of a tax base, and uh, a corrupt government at times. Having said that, it's one of my favorite places on earth. The food scene, the art scene, the history, the weather, the people. I mean, I love L.A. And... I also understand having been in a place for 11 years and you've got to go. Like, I've got the wanderlust right now. I've been in uh, Toronto for 10 and a half years and I'm ready to move. And I love it here. There. I'm in Vancouver right now. I think you should move home. And I'll tell you why. I think you should move. I don't know where you're from in Canada, but I think you should move home to a different city. If you're from Vancouver, you should move to Toronto. If you're from Toronto, you should move to Vancouver. And you should take this opportunity to reinvent. Sometimes I talk so quickly, the words can't come out fast enough. 
You should take this opportunity to reinvent. Are you, are you with someone? Do you have kids or a partner? I can't tell. Do you have a dog? I mean, probably. Yeah, I think you should leave. I think you gave it a fair shake. I think you're a woman of a certain age, and that's unfair. Uh, you're certainly not old. You know, you're not 51, like some of us who, who talk too much. And I think you should, you should, because we're gypsies, because we're travelers, you know, at, the, at our core, at our, in history, we, are, we go from town to town and we entertain. You follow your art. You don't stick around chasing after someone else's dream or someone else's yardstick, trying to measure up. If it's not working out for you, that's a sign inside your heart that says, I'm not being fed right now and I got to go somewhere else. I got to try something else. Is your, your heart is saying, do that. If Canada feels like a place that gives you more room to be an artist, then you should try that. You can always go back. That's the beauty of it. I mean, we've got this open border. It's a pain in the ass, but schlep is schlep. And that's just a part of it. So, so get back home. Try it. Try it in a different place. There are more than one city in this. You know, like Winnipeg is a great city for artists. Montreal, so cheap. And it's the, arguably the best city in Ontario, in, in uh, Canada. Second best in Ontario. The best city is Toronto. I still love it. But, but I mean, Calgary is great. It's got an amazing art scene. Vancouver, a real service town. You know that. So yeah, Stacy Ray from LA, I think it's time you come home, try it out, don't go crazy, you know, don't, uh, if you own a place in LA, rent it out and rent something cheap here, you know, keep your monthly nut low and get an, a- get an agent and feel what, what it's like to be a big fish in a little pond for once. Here comes this week's Bold Acting Newsletter. The Bold Newsletter, Issue 13, for Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. Audition Your Life Actors hate auditioning. It's a lot of work for nothing. 99% of the time, nothing comes of it, and you don't hear anything about it. Auditioning is a lottery ticket with commensurate odds that you pay for with your time and energy. The only way around them is to become a star so that they just give you parts. Or you can go do something else altogether, like plumbing. Plumbers make nearly as much as your family doctor. Or you can make the audition not for casting, but for yourself, without expectation. If you don't care about the result, then you quickly forget the audition you just had, and you'll be free to make it the audition you want. Forgetting is important because it's out of your hands. Focusing on the things that are beyond your control is a recipe for disappointment. You can't fail when you're making art. You just can't. You try different things. It's no big deal. You find out what works. You do it in a way that won't destroy you or your family or your partners. You don't bet the farm when dealing with humans. That would be foolhardy. You keep at least one pig back, just pareers. You try, 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 and then you die. That's it. That's your whole life. 
You just try stuff and you don't worry about things. And when you don't get it right, okay, you beat yourself up about it for a while. And then you give yourself a break. And then you try something else. But it has to be something else every time. Every time you try something, it has to be different than the last. Otherwise, you're just in a rut. Trying is auditioning. You you audition different paths, techniques, people. Rather than making big plans, make little bold moves every day. Practice this. For example, in your next self-tape, try and get the casting associate's attention within the first 30 seconds. Remember, the thing that made you a weird kid is the thing that everyone is looking for now. That which got you bullied in school is most likely, in its adult form, a strength that people will celebrate you for. How you make an audition will sustain you. You can't do it for them. First of all, you don't know who them is. So you don't know what they really want. So you can stop trying to please them. Because you'll invariably miss the mark. We always do. Secondly, they don't know what they're looking for either. They just want someone to be the answer. They want someone to take care of everything for them. You can't be that person every time. So... You do the most selfish thing you can. You make art. You make your audition a masterpiece. You don't do this because they deserve it. You do it because that's what you are. You're an artist. And this is the kind of art you make. And it's in the making, every day, every day, that we find fulfillment. We didn't become an actress so we could book two days on Hallmark's latest flaming bag of Christmas dog shit, did we? We didn't get into this so we could subjugate our creative spirit to an agent or a producer or a casting director. We aren't compelled to perform for fame or fortune. If we wanted those things, we would have become a serial killer or a CEO in Silicon Valley. Same thing. Audition your life. Audition everything, especially the things that you aren't interested in. Those are the things that yield surprises. And you can't get it wrong. We've fetishized failure. It's now something many of us aim for. Fail forward, fail up, fail fast. I think we should reframe it as trying. You can't blow an audition if you're making art. You can't fail if you're sticking your neck out. What else are you going to do? Sit at home and be afraid? Auditioning for acting work is the hardest part of the job because we conflate it with a popularity contest. We want perfect strangers to like us. Give them all the power. Instead, adopt a sousson of contempt for the whole process. People love a little detachment, a little mystery. It makes them want you to like them instead of the other way around. Next time you're self-taping, make sure to make the thing your own. If you're just going to memorize the lines and spit them out at your brother or your mom that you're roped into reading for you, go back to bed. Be surprising. Be the thing that only you can offer. Make your self-tape a masterpiece. I learned this from a mentor of mine in Vancouver named Ben Emanuel. 
I add B-roll, sound effects, I tag a scene, I cut off the reader at least once, I eat, I use a lot of props, I make mistakes and I keep them in, I add music, I spend hours, sometimes days, making a short film for them. Whoever them are. I might not get the part, for any number of reasons, but they are getting my art, whether they like it or not. I will be seen and heard. They will not likely forget me. If they're not going to pay me for the audition, then I'll behave exactly as I please. Whether they know it or not, that's exactly what they want. For there will be more of them. A constant flow of decision makers, all just trying desperately to keep their jobs. They are none of your business. Yours is the art that God compelled you to make. So make it.